everybody. Welcome to the More Than Able podcast. Episode 8. Episode 8. Wow. Two months already. Yeah. It feels like we were just sitting here recording the last episode. Well, we were. We were sitting right here. Yeah. A week ago. (laughs) A week ago. (laughs) That that week went by really fast. Yeah. And uh, this next week, for us personally, is probably going to be like a lightning strike. week ever. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know us on a personal level, um, if you were to see our garage right now, it is full of boxes. We are moving uh, from Texas to Arkansas, which is Mm -hmm. where we had originally moved from when we moved to Texas almost 10 years ago, almost nine and a half years ago now. And so, God has called us back to Arkansas, which is where our family is at. So we're excited about that, and we know God's got big things in store for not just us, but also our kids, and uh, I believe there's going to be things that are going to come from our podcast that's going to be part of that, and also uh, our time with Reengage through our church. I think he's going to use that uh, to continue uh, some type of marriage ministry or strengthening marriages. Uh, yeah. And within our move. So, yeah, this next week for us is going to be kind of crazy. Yeah. We move. Well, today that we're recording on is Wednesday. We move a week from this Saturday. Yeah. So, so we're moving days. on the 16th. Yep. And today is the 6th. So, we got 10 days and we will be in Arkansas. Which is crazy. Yes, it is. But, so on this week, uh, we we thought we would talk about baggage. And not so suitcases, not, not <laughs> luggage, boxes. I mean, we got all bags. sorts of baggage we're fixing the move. <laughs> no, not that kind of baggage. Um, Maybe emotional baggage. Yeah, Maybe I was going to say, what, what kind about. of baggage would um, we <laughs> discuss in marriage? Yeah, emotional baggage. Um, so, the type of baggage we're discussing this week would be uh, intangible, intangible things uh, such as feelings, circumstances beliefs you know things that just get in the way uh not physical things but things that you've dealt with yeah i think uh if you're a visual person you can visualize uh some suitcases and yeah that's a good visual we actually you know what maybe i can find it and link it our church did Mm -hmm. a sermon on baggage a while ago and i remember they had a ton of luggage Mm. on the stage and they were like given that visual image of how like if you're trying to uh like be close to one another but you have all this baggage i mean they were piling it on themselves and how heavy that gets and how like it comes between you well and he i think he even had some that he was trying to pull behind him when they were trying to get closer together and he talked about how things can be pulling you back Mm-hmm. when you're trying to get closer to your spouse yeah because of the weight so of it. it was really good so i'm gonna try to find it and so i can link yeah. it below because that's um, be good. really great because that i think it probably will go into you know it goes a different direction maybe a deeper level than what we're going to talk about tonight but well and if you are a visual person uh i would definitely recommend if if you want to listen to sermons or watch sermons uh check out morechurch.com uh that is our church more dot church Oh, more.church. More.church is the website. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad you knew that. I didn't know that. Yeah. But our pastor is a very, uh, he gives a ton of visual references to yeah. better explain. There's a lot of illustrations. Yeah, better explain what he's talking about. So 
if you if you'd like to see those type of explanations i would definitely encourage you to check that out yeah. but so what does marriage look like oh, i'm sorry what is it what does baggage look like in our marriage so what's that look like for you so i think you know in the you know most literal sense of it it just looks like bringing in stuff you know, when you think when you think about when I think about baggage, I think about luggage and stuff like that. And the yeah. stuff that you put in there, you know, you you use baggage to carry around your stuff. So baggage coming into marriage is me stuff. carrying all my junk. Yeah. And it's literally yeah. emotionally you're carrying all of your junk into your marriage from your past. Yeah. Whether that's past relationships, your childhood, um, you know, it could be past friendships or past uh, marriages or just anything that uh, you've walked through in your life that created something inside of you that felt not good. Yeah, it's something that's still attached to you, something that you haven't dealt with. And and it could even be things that you, it could be things that you know that you're still carrying, but it could also be things that you don't know that you're carrying, things that um, your brain has suppressed memories yeah you know because baggage can be trauma yeah and trauma can be detrimental so much so that your body wants to suppress those things suppression doesn't get rid of it but your body's your mind is trying to protect you from those things well and i think if even if you're suppressing things you can find yourself being triggered by certain things and you don't even understand where that comes from you know you know, being triggered by something and it, you know, causes you to feel fearful or anxious or angry, but you don't understand why you're being triggered. Well, and I know one of the things you've talked about before, uh, where you've had anxiety with driving or being on the road and you've talked about how, even as a kid, you remember being scared yeah. while in the car Yeah, for and sure. and feeling like, uh, I think you, you talked about when you would go to your grandmother's house feeling like you were going to go off the mountainside yeah like we would drive into my grandma's house we had to go through um a little town called eureka which if you've ever been there it's just curves like hairpin curves and there's just nothing over the side yeah and so i remember just looking out the window and having what now i know are intrusive thoughts but just um thinking I'm not going to make it to my grandma's like I'm going to die before I get there because I'm going to like I would actually have these almost like visions of like going off of the road and like rolling down the hill and that's something I still struggle with that today like it's just a part of the way that my brain works or something and that that is maybe some baggage that I will never know where it comes from. It's maybe just the way that my brain works. Yeah, because you've never been in a car accident. No, I, I literally have never. <laughs> well, I had a friend rear in me once uh, in high school <laughs> at a very low speed. I was going to say that. Was, but, but that's, I've, yeah, that's yeah I've never been in a car accident. And so there's no trauma there. Um, it's just, um, I, I do think, which I... I'm sure we'll probably do a whole episode at some point on mental health. But, you know, I think part of anxiety, there's just a part of it where your brain works in a certain way. Like yeah. Or it doesn't, yeah. doesn't work in a certain I way. I have a very visual brain. I have a very vivid imagination. I have crazy weird dreams, like very vivid dreams sometimes. Yeah. And um, 
so I think that maybe just having that active of imagination, you know, has been part of what caused, you know, these thoughts or anxious feelings. And, you know, that's carried over into, you know, my adult life. But that is a form of baggage because, you know, my anxiety has affected us, you know, on many occasions. Yeah, because there's been many times that we've been in the car and something that is relatively normal for me may completely terrorize you yeah like i know there was one day uh we were about to get stuck in traffic on the highway and i was like well i can still get off meaning i can still drive through the grass median and get on the service road oh my goodness and it was for me it was a super simple i'm like i'm doing 10 mile an hour like i'm not even going fast and before i pull off the highway i'm going i get even slower but i did i just drove through the grass and i got onto the service road it was not a flat out of grass like i didn't know he was gonna do it and all of a sudden we're like dropping off of the road and i think i was looking down at my phone and then i looked up and all of a sudden we're just dropping down off the road i don't know what's happening yeah it freaked me out i think i ended up in tears and yeah it was really bad but something like that like it's it affects that's an example of what affects you that doesn't affect me Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what baggage is you know, and it could even be as simple as something that uh, affects you on the current, like um, bringing current frustrations, you yeah, know, like, whether that's from work or school or, you know, whatever the situation may be. But if you bring those situations home and that your day is still affecting you, well, then that can affect the way you treat your spouse or your family. Yeah, I think it's easy to look at emotional baggage as just those really large things like childhood trauma or abuse or, you know, something really big that um, you're going to bring into your marriage and it's going to be detrimental. But I think just those daily things like, you know, you said you have a bad day at work and you come home and instead of checking yourself at the door Mm -hmm. and reminding yourself like my family is not my coworkers, they have nothing to do with my job. I have to put myself in a different headspace. Yep. Instead of that, you come in the house, you snap at your wife, you snap at your kids, or vice versa, you snap at your husband and you snap at your kids, and then, you know, all hell breaks loose in your house because of something that happened at work that has nothing to do with your family. Exactly. But you you brought that baggage into your home and you allowed it to and affect your you your family. It, you pulled it home with you. And yeah. so, you know, baggage is um it encompasses a lot of different things so um which we were kind of talking about already but you know some examples of what um some of the bigger baggages are that you would bring in from your past i know for me insecurity is one that i've brought in i think you had mentioned yeah that same for that's me same for you i think as it's well. just a different level um well and how like so if you're bringing insecurity into your marriage how what does that look like i mean how does that affect your marriage well not feeling good enough you know or always needing validation you know and we talked a lot about my affairs and what led to that and one of the big things that led to that was me always needing that validation and one of the questions that i remember you asking me that has always stuck with me was you had asked me if you would have ever been enough yeah and i told you no that you would have never been enough. And it wasn't because of you. 
Yeah, it wasn't you it weren't wasn't saying you aren't good enough. Yeah, exactly. I wasn't saying you weren't good enough. I was saying that the hole that I had inside of me, the the lack that I had inside of my heart, the lack that I had in my emotions, no person would have been enough to fill that. Yeah. And so validation is a big part of it. Like you mentioned insecurity. Um, but I know because of past relationships that I've been in, not feeling good enough, which mm-hmm. I think I also kind of hit on that uh, when we were talking about my affairs. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I think emotional baggage that's big like that can come in from the outside or it can be created within your marriage. You know, we've been, you know, very transparent and talking about your affairs and, you know, kind of how that played out and what that's caused. And, you know, that created some emotional baggage in me that I had to deal with because it, it, you know, I brought insecurities in, but that just made the insecurities worse. My baggage gave you more baggage. Yeah. It made, it made me feel like I wasn't good enough. Yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I did, I had all those questions of, you know, uh, what did I do or what could I have done? Was I not enough? Like, did I not give him, did we not have sex enough times a week or did, you know, I not love him good enough or did he feel like, um, you know, I just wasn't a good enough wife or mom or, you know, how, how could I have changed it? How could I, I mean, I went through so many scenarios in my head trying to rack my brain, figuring out how I caused this because I thought in my mind I had to have caused this. Like I pushed him away in some, in some regard. Mm -hmm. And it took me a really long time to understand. I don't think it was until you went to counseling and really kind of got a firm grasp on what, what happened and, you know, uh, to cause you to do those things. Yeah, because I know one of the things you asked me a lot of is why. Yeah. Like, why did you do this? And it wasn't just a simple one answer. Well, no, and for a long time, it was kind of like a, I don't really know. Yeah, like I could I could give you lots of, um, I could tell you lots of different reasons why I thought it led to me having my affairs, but there was never this concrete this is why. And because yeah. of this, all these other reasons that I've told you were all part of it. Mm-hmm. But here's the foundation of why. Yeah. And, and until you and until you had that concrete why, like it left me kind of out in uh, no man's land, still wondering like. Could it happen ma- again? Yeah. Could it happen yeah. again? And also like it was I a problem and he just doesn't want to tell me because he doesn't want to hurt my feelings. And so there's still all of this doubt and just uncertainty mm-hmm. that was swirling in my mind, you know, and like I said, it wasn't until you went to counseling and kind of got that concrete answer that I was finally able to start, you know, squashing those things and realizing, okay, that's not true. Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do with me. Yeah. And, but there were still lingering insecurities there of just still not feeling good enough. Cause even, even though I found out like, okay, well this is something from his childhood, you know, made him feel these things. And so this is the reason why he did the things he did. Well, it doesn't erase the fact that you still did the things that you did, you know? Yeah. And so those, um, those things still have consequences. And, you know, that was part of the consequences was I had to struggle with the insecurity and figure out how to navigate that and, yeah, and, and it wasn't something that I could change within you to help you. 
Yeah. Like those insecurities came because of what I did, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't something that I could do. Like I could have done all the things, but ultimately it come down to what you were willing to do to help strengthen yourself and to rid yourself of those insecurities. That's, I think that's one of the things I've realized over the last year going through re-engage is I can be there and support you and love you and pray for you and encourage you and do all the things. But ultimately, even though I was the one that caused the damage to you, you're responsible for the change within yourself, yeah, the growth, the health, mm-hmm. because I can't do that for you and right. vice versa. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, the insecurity thing, I mean, it's something that I still have to work on today, you know, and something I learned earlier this year was that insecurity is a form of pride, you know, because insecurity comes from like looking at yourself. Like if I'm insecure about maybe how I'm dressed, well, that's very much a me problem. Like that's worrying how others perceive me, how they're going to look at me. It's me, 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 you know? And so, um, I've, I've spent a lot of time this year trying to like navigate that and figure out how, how do I shift my mindset from that to, you know, I don't, I don't want to have an attitude of, I don't care what anybody thinks about me because that's just not my personality. But how do I care what others think without it going so far as to cause genuine insecurity in me where I walk into a room and I just feel small? I was going to say your biggest concern walking into a room is what other people are thinking. Yeah. And I I think that's something that so many people think about. They're like, what are, are they thinking about me? Are they talking about me? Mm-hmm. When it, in reality... Most people are probably having the same exact thoughts. Yeah. Or so nobody's really looking at you. I was gonna say, or nobody's looking at you at all because they're worried about what everybody they think, what everybody else may be thinking. Yeah. And that's that's insecurity. Um. So insecurity, which is lacking self worth. Um. And so for me, a lot of that come from my my first marriage, my previous marriage, uh, but also just from relationships before my ex wife. And so a lot of that looked like for me, you know, uh, a fear of failure Mm. and worry or doubt that I wouldn't be good enough. Um, And so with with my ex, I had I won't go into a lot of details. We can maybe talk about it at a different episode. But I was doing everything I felt like I could possibly do. But the response that I was getting was it wasn't enough. You're not doing good enough. You need to do more. Why are you not doing more? What you're doing is not enough. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of that, that is baggage for me. And so bringing that into our relationship and our engagement and our marriage, there was this fear of, I'm going to do it again. I'm not going to be good enough. I'm not going to produce enough. I'm not going to be wealthy enough. I'm not going to love you right. I'm not going to love you enough. I'm not going to be a good enough father. And all of those things come out of a place of insecurity. Um, not well, and I think part of it too is not looking to the the right source for my self worth. Mm-hmm. You know, looking at what the world says, or you know, obviously what you say and what you feel about me matters immensely. But ultimately, it should be what God says. 
Yeah. Um, well, I think we talked about that on a previous episode about, you know, making him our true source. Exactly. That, you know, our happiness, our joy, you know, those things don't come from our spouse. That if we're looking to our spouse for those things, then we'll never be, it'll never be enough. Yeah. Like, I'll never be good enough for you if I'm your your source of all of that yeah, exactly. and vice versa. Yeah. And so uh, a lot of what I dealt with with my ex and previous relationships was baggage that I brought into our marriage and what things were spoken over me and to me uh, I brought into our marriage thinking that you would be the same way yeah which is part of you know like I said there's multiple things to what led to my affairs but that's part of it uh, and the validation but also it's just a a lack of love for myself mm. not feeling like I was going to be good enough yeah and that's because of the things that have been spoken to me and over me over the years. Yeah. Yeah. Words are powerful. And something you can never take back, no matter how much you apologize or say you're sorry or yeah. say you wish you'd never said those things. Once it's said, it is said. Oh, yeah. There, I mean, I think we've probably each created, you know, baggage in, in our marriage currently because of words that yeah. we've said, you know, yeah. that creates, it creates that emotional baggage where like, it's like literally you just handed me a heavy bag. Now I've got to carry the weight of that because your words cut deep, yeah. you know? Well, and, and I'll say this just so everybody that's listening realizes is that baggage is something that we can let go of. Yeah. And it's something that can be healed. And just because I've created baggage for Heather and Heather has created baggage for me, it doesn't mean that it's something we both are currently carrying right and and that's something that we have to always like we talked about you know the baggage could be current but it's something we always have to be working on healing from moving past uh and forgiving mm -hmm. well and just like you know when you go on a trip you get home from a trip you got to unpack your luggage like all of that baggage that you brought home from your trip has yeah, to be leave it unpacked and some people's baggage is a little fuller than others and takes a little longer to unpack. And so, you know, you can't compare one person's baggage to another and say, well, you know, uh, I got over my baggage in, you know, X amount of time. Why are you still dealing with yours? Yeah, because, you know, like I, we've been talking, I've, I've been married before. You hadn't, you know. Yeah, you've been in relationships, but you hadn't been married. Mm -hmm. And, and even, if, even if you had my ex my relationship with my ex was different would have been different than if you had been previously married yeah for sure and so everybody's baggage is different and it's you know i think it's really easy especially in a marriage you're with each other all the time to compare things and uh to almost be in competition with one another without realizing that's what you're doing where you say like like if it'd be easy to be sitting here and talking about our past and almost trying to one up each other like oh yeah well i dealt with yeah, this yeah and yeah. that was way worse you don't even know yeah. you know i can imagine a conversation like that where you're you're trying to one up each other like it's a competition of whose trauma was worse which is insane like that's insane to me that yeah, because it's not you would healthy. compete in that way i mean there can be and healthy no healthy competition in a game maybe but like 
this is your partner. You're the person that you love the most, the person that's on your side. Like you don't want to compete with them. You don't want to say, well, you know, my baggage is worse than yours. You should be there to support one another. Because we're a team. Yeah. You And you don't see teammates fighting one another. You see those teammates working together to fight to the opponent. defeat the opponent. Yeah. Correct. And who's the opponent in our lives? Satan. Well, Satan. And so what Satan wants to do is he wants to come in and divide us. Yeah. Because that weakens us. And then he has a better chance of trying to overcome us. Yeah. And so uh, in Reengage, we've made these little tote bags for everybody. Or Heather. Heather made these tote <laughs> bags for everybody. I didn't make them. I No. Um, but they just say team and then whatever the last name is of the couple. And so, of course, ours would say Team Burleson. And that was something I brought up a couple of weeks ago to everybody at Reengage. I told them, I said, you know, pick up your bag. What does your bag say? And I said, on your bag, it says team. And your name I said and that's what your spouse is your spouse is your teammate it's he is or she is your partner and we are supposed to be fighting together not against each other yeah but so some of the baggage that can be really common stuff that maybe you know me and Heather haven't uh, ever had the experience has been like divorced parents um, mm-hmm. both of our parents have been married 45 plus years I'm not going to say how many because I'm not 100% <laughs> sure. I think my parents got married in 1980. Yeah, 1980. I think, I think I you're think. right. However many years that is. <laughs> so 44, almost 44. Yeah. So, yeah, 40, 40 plus years. I'd say both of our parents. So, you know, that's something that we'd never experienced. But I know and you know that both of our parents uh, have had their own struggles, had their own battles, their own fights. Mm-hmm. And that was things that I seen growing up. That was things that you seen growing up. Oh, yeah. And so those type of things can be baggage that both of us bring into our, our relationship. But yeah. also it could look like abuse. Yeah. Uh, and abuse is a, a small word that covers a whole lot. Uh, that could be physical. It could be sexual. It could be verbal. It could be emotional. Um, you know, and... It could be something as simply as, well, it's not as simple, but not feeling loved. Yeah. You know, um, I always remember my parents telling me that they loved me. Yeah. I don't think there was ever a time for me growing up where I ever felt unloved. There were probably moments where I was in trouble, where I was like, my parents hate me. Yeah. But like looking back, I never felt like I had parents that didn't love me. You know, they always made me feel loved. I always felt safe in my home. You know, that was not something that, you know, I had to deal with. And I'm super grateful for that. And I, you know, still feel that love now. And now my kids get to experience that love from them. But there are a lot of people who, you know, grow up in a home who where they just don't have parents that care. They have absent parents or Or maybe that didn't feel loved when they were a kid or never got told that they were loved. Exactly. I think my dad has talked about that before that he his father never told him until he was actually an adult, that he loved him. Yeah. And so something that my dad had to learn how to do was tell me and my sisters that he loved us. Mm-hmm. And and what did that look like? You know, what, that was hugs and kisses and cuddles. And that's the same thing we do with our kids. Yeah. But I think we always, you know, parents always want to be better for their kids 
than what they had, Mm -hmm. not just in the physical things, but emotional. And so I always try to build upon what I had as a foundation as a kid feeling loved. Yeah. And so something else that we never had to deal with was a, you know, we talked about divorced parents. So a one parent household. Yeah. You know, or even if it's a situation where uh, one of the parents passed away. Yeah. You know, and what kind of void that leaves in your life. Yeah. You know, and and I've seen that with kids that I went to school with that uh, they didn't have a father figure in their life. Mm -hmm. And not just the uh, masculinity that a son needs to understand what it means to be a man, but also so that he has an example of what that looks like so that he understands what it means to be a man as you grow up to be a husband. What does it Mm -hmm. look like to be a husband? Yeah. You know, or even what does it look like to be uh, an uncle or a brother? What does that look like? But if you're, if you're living with just one spouse or I mean, sorry, with just one parent, you know, and I'm just speaking from the male side, obviously, but you know, I'm sure it would be the same for a girl. Oh yeah, like there were there were things that I learned from my mom that if I would have only had my dad would have been a lot more difficult or a lot more awkward because, you know, he never had a period. So, <laughs> like how would that have worked out? And, you know, we laugh about that, but I can't imagine having to no, go through that. that would I mean, be really awkward. At like That's awkward enough for a young girl to have to have her mom like talk to her about that stuff. I remember talking to Eden about that stuff and she hated it. Like she, it was so awkward for the longest time to talk about her period. And so like, it's just something that you, you need a mom for. And so, you know, and, and I will say if you're listening and you are, uh, you know, you're a single parent make sure you're in community, like find Absolutely. a church to get planted in and get in community so that you, you may only have one parent that lives in the household, but you can have multiple parents that are shepherding your child yes. and being there for yes. them and showing them the Absolutely. way they need to go. And, and, that, and just being that other, um, the other parent that they don't have. Cause it's not fair. It's not fair to a child. They didn't choose that. But, you know, they're going to, they can have just as much, if not more, than what you can get in a two-parent household if you're in community and you have all of those people surrounding you. Well, and, like, one of the things I mentioned was the masculinity. Like, I remember, and I've still seen men in my life now, not that a part of our everyday lives, but there is people that I have seen, men that I have seen, that are very feminine. They're not gay. They're not by they're none of those they're just very feminine and it's very apparent that they did not have a father figure they did not have a masculine figure in their life Mm -hmm. and so yeah having other people a community in your life a a community of believers is huge you know i have more brothers than i can count and that's not because they're blood they're not my parents sons but they're brothers in Christ that God has given me. And every single one of them has impacted me differently, Mm -hmm. but they've all impacted me on some level. Yeah. And so much so that, uh, they've also impacted Hayden. Yeah. Like they'll, I know for one, like Hayden can see me and say, well, well, that's just my dad. 
but when he has other men in his life that are surrounding him, then he has multiple people, multiple masculine men, uh, multiple Christian men that are impacting his life. And I, that's a, something I would never would have thought to pray about for him to have, but I know that's going to impact him on the long term. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. But so one parent households, um, what else? What other kind so, of things? So some of the other things that uh, we wrote down here that is baggage that maybe you could have experienced that you're going to bring into a marriage is betrayal. So maybe a former partner cheating or maybe growing up you had, um, you seen one of your parents cheat on the other parent. Um, uh, so something else would be losing a parent, which we kind of touched on or a sibling. Yeah. So that creates baggage, a whole lot of baggage. Like I can't even imagine the baggage that that would create to go through such a devastating loss. Like that's difficult to handle I'm sure as an adult um I can't even imagine you know losing someone that you love that's so close to you as a child when your brain is still developing and you you don't understand yet how to um how to deal with that loss Uh, it could even be uh that you're you know Heather's talking about losing a sibling well how does that affect your parents you know as, as a father I could only imagine the impact that it would have on me and you if we would have lost a child yeah and what kind of baggage that creates within Mm -hmm. both of us but then also within our family yeah and how does that affect our kids yeah um one of the other ones which i think probably everybody has heard this is ptsd yeah but that's not i think it's it's so commonly uh referenced to the military yeah because that's it seems like that's really where it became common to hear it at yeah i think that's where it became more widely known about yeah. is you know these soldiers coming back from war and PTSD, and yeah. they have you know they have they have this issue where like things are triggering them and they're you know fearful and just scared of everything yeah. and you know they come to realize there's this thing called post traumatic stress disorder which yeah. is basically just extreme stress that you feel after something traumatic happens and trauma doesn't just come from having explosions and seeing people die you know those are really big traumas but traumas are betrayal like everything we just hit on like you know there something that my counselor told me whenever i first started seeing her was you have experienced a trauma in talking about terry's affairs and i felt i almost felt guilty taking that on like saying I experienced trauma because I felt like well I I didn't experience war I didn't see people die I didn't you know experience something gruesome and so it felt wrong of me to say I had experienced a trauma well and that's because the world discounts it yeah the world says the only way you can experience PTSD is if all those things you just said yeah but it's not like you said if, if you define it as what it is it's a post traumatic yeah well and what my counselor told me is your brain doesn't understand the difference between trauma like whether it's because you did see something gruesome or you were in a car accident or you uh were cheated on like all these things are traumatic to your brain yeah it causes a trauma response in your brain 
and your brain doesn't differentiate between the traumas. It's just it's trauma. It's just trauma. Yeah. Well, and you know when I was uh, when I lived in Missouri, I was on the fire department there, and the fire department that I was part of had a uh, rescue boat because it was near Big Lake. And one of the couple of the things that I had experienced would be considered trauma, um, but one in particular, we had gotten a call for a uh, a swimming accident, and then within the call, we had gotten a, a response back while we were traveling to the call that it was a drowning, that it was no longer a rescue, and it come to be that uh, this guy had been floating for weeks, and I won't go into all the details. Um, thank you. But the, (laughs) the event of getting somebody out of the water that had been in the water for weeks dead was very traumatic and, and what that looked like and what it took to get that person out of the water. Um, also there was a situation where we had gotten a call for a heart attack and it was an elderly man and he was cooking dinner and he had opened his stove and, in the middle of trying to get his dinner out of the oven, uh, he had had a heart attack and he fell through the glass of the oven while the oven was still on. Mm. And so, you know, that was, it was a very gruesome thing. And so, yeah, PTSD can be very gruesome, but it can also be like you, what you said, can be very, uh, an everyday, something that happens mm. all the time. If you think about it, you know, how regular an occurrence of a situation of somebody being cheated on. Mm-hmm. And that's trauma. Yeah. So we've kind of talked already about, you know, where trauma comes from, but it's, you know, usually in your childhood, your life experiences um, can come from just day-to-day frustrations at work. Um, it can come from big life changes or season changes. Yeah. You know, uh, I know that, we are entering a huge season change in our life where we're transitioning from living in Texas to living in Arkansas. And, you know, there's a uh, potential for baggage from that, you know, that that is going to be emotionally a lot. We're yeah, leaving. Has been. Yeah. We're leaving our home of nine and a half years. We're leaving behind a whole lot of friends. We're leaving behind a, a church community. family that yeah. we love, you know, and, but we feel like this is where God is taking us. And so we have to trust that, you know, he has something, you know, even better for us there. Well, and uh, and I think a, a big difference for us going through this is one, we've been praying about this since July. Yeah. Not to move us, but we've been praying about what God has for us since July. Uh, we've reached out to mentors, pastors, elders in our church, uh, trusted spiritual leaders, and just close friends and had them praying with us as well. But also we've had a lot of um, conversations. We've had a lot of sit down with the kids and discussing this and what does it look like? And I know that we will even after, and I know that there'll be lots of prayers even after, and I know there'll be people still praying with us after the move. And, you know, I, I met with a friend of mine a couple of nights ago and one of the things that he talked about, he said, you know, I believe wholeheartedly you guys are doing exactly what God has called you to do. And he said, because you are doing what God has called you to do and because it's not about you, it's about what God's plan is, the Satan is going to attack. Mm. And because he's going to attack, you have to be prepared for that attack. 
and you have to be ready uh, to fight. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I, I think I mentioned that to you the other night about what he had said. And yeah. you were kind of like, oh, man. And because he is, yeah. he, he doesn't want to, he, he wants to stop the progress that God is trying to make. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the attack is going to come and that can be in multiple things. I think right now for us, it looks like stress, worry, fear. Uh, but I think once we get moved, it's going to look like a whole different situation. Yeah. And so it's just a matter of us being consistent with each other, can being consistent in our prayer uh, being consistent to go back to God's word and going back to the notes that we've made, yeah. you know, and knowing that the decision we made was the right decision and it was the decision God called us to. Yeah. So just to wrap up, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about how, how do we deal with baggage? So we've talked about all the different kinds of baggage that you can bring in and what that looks like, but how do you deal with it? I mean, once you've, identified it and you know this is my baggage you know now what do i do with it well one counseling yeah uh and and don't discount it uh but i would also say uh not just counseling but christian counseling because a a counselor can give you all sorts of ways or tools to try to cope with certain things but if you have a Christian counselor that is rooted in God's word, that prays before your session starts with you and prays after your session ends with you, you know that's bringing God into the situation. And there's nothing better that we can do than bring God into every situation that we're facing. So yes, counseling. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I went through a very um, strenuous type of counseling called intense e- intense yeah that's yeah. a better word for it uh called emdr which if you know if you're interested in what that is and what it looks like you know you can you can always do some research on it but it was very intense uh and it was very extreme for me as far as the emotions go and, you know i talked earlier about uh suppressed memories and that's something that emdr brought up for me there mm-hmm. was things that i had suppressed that i needed to work through and so uh counseling obviously yeah. um but communication you know yeah with me and you other. yeah with each other me and you communicating yeah talking like if if you have baggage that you've brought into your marriage and your spouse doesn't know about it they should and you know yes like we said before you're a team and you know if you if you have a spouse that you don't feel like you can communicate those things with, um, then counseling is probably the best place to start and, you know, trying to figure out how you guys communicate better, um, so that you can feel safe to do that. Um, but just sharing that with your spouse and saying, Hey, like I've realized I have this baggage that I brought in, you know, I didn't, I didn't realize it, but you know, I've, I've realized it now. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I want you to know about it and, who knows what what that conversation leads to well and that's like what i was talking about earlier how i didn't even realize what the foundation of the reasoning behind my affairs was mm-hmm. until i went to counseling yeah but then i was able to talk to you about it yeah and which was good not just for me but also for you yeah and if you're unsure of what communication looks like listen to our last episode it was all about communication all about <laughs> communication um 
I think I may have mentioned this already, but prayer. Yeah. You know, um, praying, not just how to deal with it, but may, I, I would say also, you know, th- it talks in God's word about, you know, God search my heart. Find the things within me that I need to work on. And so I would say maybe that's something you pray about. You know, maybe you pray, God, what is the baggage that I have? Mm. You know, what are the things that I'm carrying with me on my daily that is affecting me, that it's affecting my spouse, that's affecting my family? Mm-hmm. And reveal those things to me so that I can process those things. Yeah. Um, another way to deal with baggage is through trusted self-help resources. So that can look like uh, books by Christian authors um, websites, Christian websites. Um, so if you, you could just go on Google, like you can literally type anything into Google. You know, if you are dealing with anxiety, you could go to Google and type in, you know, how to deal with emotional baggage of anxiety in marriage. And you can even add Christian on the end of that word. Yeah. And it will pull up Christian websites that have articles about that. Yeah. You could do the same to look up books. I mean, there are so many resources out there. There are far more than I could even probably fathom or know about. And, you know, I think it's it's important that, you know, if you're a Christian and you um, want that good uh faith-based help that you're seeking out those things that are Christian based. Yeah. Don't just seek out what the world says that you should do. Cause there are a lot of crazy things out there. And the last thing you need is a book telling you to go buy these special healing crystals that will make you all better or something. That's, that's the last thing you need. Or, you know, if you have a counselor and it's not a Christian counselor and you're getting, you know, maybe some weird vibes or they're saying things like, you know, maybe you should do, I don't know, yoga. Nothing's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with yoga. I'm just saying. But, like, you know, if they're not giving you biblical, solid, foundational things, maybe maybe find a different counselor. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that that counselor can't help you. But if you, if you are a Christian and that is your foundation in your life, then why would you not want everything that you are seeking out to help you have the same foundation and i will say you know there may be people who um maybe they are using a health insurance plan to pay for uh counseling and i don't know what that looks like and sometimes that might look like i can only go to certain places or people and those might not be christian based and i think my advice there would be to pray for discernment and what advice you're getting from your counselor that you know, God would, um, basically, uh, what was that saying? Tristan said it once he's chew the meat and spit out the bones. So like praying for that discernment that like I would be able to get the good stuff from my counselor and anything that is not, um, good or true or from you, like to just keep it from my mind. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I really liked when he, he talked about that because there's always going to be something that we don't need. Or maybe that's something that's spoken incorrectly. Well, because we're all human. When we all make mistakes, we all say things maybe not the proper way. But yeah, if we if we are praying for discernment, but also something he's talked about here recently is ask God to help you discern your discernment. Mm, yeah. And 
making sure that what you are hearing and what you're digesting is what God wants you to hear. Yeah. But, you know, uh, other things you could do, you know, if you got a, a pastor in your life, um, you could reach out to them. And if you don't have a pastor in your life, we'll find a church, you know, and, and maybe the church you go to, you know, try it out for a month. And if that's not where you feel like you're supposed to be, we'll try another one. You know, there's nothing wrong with going from one church and realizing, okay, well, this is not where I'm supposed to be. And then try another one and do it again. You know, do, go for a month. And we, me and Heather made the decision when we were going to go to life groups. We are like, we're going to try this life group. And if this isn't where we're supposed to be, then we're going to try another one. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, if you've got a mentor in your life, uh, a trusted friend in your life, um, those are also people that you could go to. Yeah. Um, a big one would be, you know, reading God's word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the last one that we have written down is journaling. And that's something that I've used <clears throat> that I've used a lot over the years and it's looked different in different seasons. I think, you know, sometimes it looks like more like a diary yeah. where, you know, I'm uh, just writing things down about my day. And then sometimes it's looked more like a prayer journal where I'm actually writing out prayers to God and things that, you know, I'm wanting to see happen. Um, or sometimes it's just a bunch of random thoughts where it's like, I have just this, you know, Rolodex of thoughts constantly in my yeah. head and I need to get them out. And so I'm just like jotting them down. So there's a lot of different ways that you can journal, but just the process of getting things from your head out and onto paper is really therapeutic and it helps a lot. Especially if God is just speaking something, like you said, really short to you, write it down. Even if it doesn't make sense in the moment, write it down. Um, yeah. I've done the same here recently. I've been trying to take a lot of notes and I want to say journal so much, but just writing things down that God has spoken to me and maybe in the moment it doesn't make sense, but I went back this week and read over some stuff and it was like a smack in the face. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I was thankful for that. Yeah. But so, well, I think we're out of time. We are past out of time. We, we keep saying we're going to keep these things short and we just keep going no, long. We talk a lot. But Hopefully it's good. Hopefully you're not like completely bored and like, oh my God, when is this going to end? <laughs> I think they're turning us off if they're having that thought. <laughs> if, if you made it to me saying that, then you can drop a comment and tell us that we're not too long, that it's okay. <laughs> no, don't, don't tell us that because we might even go longer. <laughs> so, no. well, I hope y'all have got something out of this, even if it was just a little bit. Uh, and as always, if you've ever got any questions or concerns, or you just want somebody to talk to or pray to, you know, reach out to no, us. No, pray with, not pray, pray with. to. Yeah. We're not praying to don't us. Pray don't to worship it. us. No, absolutely not. <laughs> uh, reach out to us. We will pray with you and for you. Yes. Uh, so hopefully y'all are enjoying this as much as we are. And uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Yeah. Have a great week. We will talk to y'all later. Bye.